Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to the Red Dwarf Introcast, where longtime fans and newbies alike journey together into the deepest, darkest regions of space as we talk about Red Dwarf, chapter by chapter. In this case, <laughs> um, as we are done with the series now and are on the books, in this episode, we're going to be talking about uh, book two, Better Than Life. Uh, but before we do that, let's introduce everyone. My name is Heath. I'm Angela. I'm Shane. I'm Rosie. I'm Liz. Hi, Rosie and Liz. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) Got two, count them, two special guests this week. (laughs) And so, yeah, uh, this is the second book, which goes through several episodes of the show. Um, So I guess we will start with uh, Shane and Rosie. If you want to, maybe there's any history or background on the book that we ought to know before we get to the content. I'm... Well, I would just say that this is the only time that um, they have brought in things from the show into the book, and that would be the white hole. Um, but apart from that, no, oh, enjoyed the book. Hmm. <laughs> Great, but <laughs> <laughs> but that's the first time they've done that. Right, they brought things from the show into the books, you mean? Or from the books into the show? Sorry, from the books into the show. Okay, good. I was thinking, because the the first book had a lot from... Talking rubbish. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Thanks, Angela. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) They are talking rubbish. And and all... I'm talking rubbish. But no, that was the first time. Hmm. Cool. Neat. Um, so this book, I guess it's just as a general overview, uh, the main parts of it, it starts with them back in, or still in, I guess I should say, better than yeah. life. Uh, when they finally, finally get out of that, uh, what was next? They oh, move. they, yeah, the ship is dead. Yes, that's right, yeah, the, the doubling Holly's IQ. Uh, then they have to do the playing planet pool, uh, uh-huh. Then they which do then goes into world. Marooned. Yeah, which goes into Marooned in a completely different place in the continuity. Yeah. And yeah. then uh yeah, they have the garbage world incident. And then it looks like it ends with uh oh then polymorph, and then it ends with a return to uh backwards, our favorite favorite episode ever. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. You remember you- how now you love it more, right? Yeah, we have so much more. <laughs> yes, I do. Now, when we were listening last night, then I realized what was happening, and I was like, not this crap again. <laughs> well, I We're waiting s- for the audio commentary, guys. We're waiting for the audio commentary. Yeah, soon <laughs> enough, soon enough. Um, yeah, we, our TV watching has gotten a bit hijacked of late because we needed to... Uh, let's see. What what series did we just watch, love? Before Game of oh, Thrones just... and Big Bang Theory? Oh, uh, How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, we finally finished How I Met Your Mother. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> but we won't talk about that ending. Um, no. <laughs> so, what ending? Sorry, the ending Sorry it's a visceral where... reaction. <laughs> the ending the last that ended in a marriage, and they had, like, a fan fiction chat, uh episode right after that that is not canonical. If that's what you have to believe. That's what I have to believe. 
That's not good so, fan fiction. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, so our TV watching. recently featured in a top ten worst series endings ever. I know, and I actually got spoiled. Um, well, no, this wasn't a worst. This was like a this season's most blank ending, and it had something about... Um, or like TV's most blank ending, and it had something about a, a Whedon show. It had something about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I was like, oh, what did they yeah. say about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? So I clicked oh. on it, and then, of course, the ending of How I Met Your Mother popped up. So I had to bite my tongue and not tell Angela. It was very difficult. And then we watched the first season of Game of Thrones. So that's we been did. interesting. Oh, but, uh, how far... Oh, sorry. Uh, for, first, we finished season one. Now we're on season one of episode two. Uh, season oh, okay. two, episode one, rather. I'm on see, uh, episode five. Yeah, it's interesting mm. stuff. And our good friend Nutty does a podcast about Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah which we can start listening to now. Yay! Yes, we can. <laughs> um, so yeah, our, the whole commentary on backwards that's coming. But I will yeah. say, and this is I guess skipping ahead a bit, but using backwards world as a way to de-kill slash de-age Lister. Mm. Eh, at least it serves a plot purpose there. Mm-hmm. Unlike plot the episode purpose. which had no plot purpose. Or plot. <laughs> yeah. Or purpose. You're right. <laughs> I'll be interested to see what you think of the no- the next novel. Yeah, the next novel is titled Backwards, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Is. That's not all it's about, but yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So this, uh, overall, I felt like this book borrowed a lot more from the show. Like, it didn't seem that way at first, because the Better Than Life stuff was completely outside of show canon. Mm-hmm. Um, some interesting plot developments with uh, Trixie LaBouche mm. there. <laughs> yeah. It was an interesting... It, it was an interesting... I like how they introduced the... It, it basically... Was sort of used to teach Rimmer a lesson about women. Yes. Yeah. It did. <laughs> sort of. Well, before that, I'll let Angela decompress her a bit here. Before that, though, I really, really loved the opening bit about Bedford Falls and the little oh, boys yeah. and the dollar and the boat and oh, the God. paroxysms yeah, of best. tearful oh, so, joy. So sugary. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> That was the best. And it's weird because if you actually watch It's a Wonderful Life, then it's actually quite a dark movie. Oh, Um, yeah. Like, it's got that Capra happy-go-lucky stuff, but, you know... It's got some serious dark moments. The guy tried to commit suicide. (laughs) Well, and at the end, you know, things are... The day is saved, but I never get the feeling that George Bailey is any happier than he was. Yeah. 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 you know, he still, he had this wanderlust, and you get the feeling it's never going to be satisfied, so. Yeah, but like Christine Kachansky in Better Than Life is the idealized version of Christine Kachansky, then this is sort of the idealized version of Bedford Falls. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and everyone is happy. In the movie, like when they first find out that there's money missing, and he like, grabs his uncle and he's like, well, one of us is going down for this old man and it's, it's, it's not going to be me. <laughs> that was it's like, awesome. He's, it's, it's a really dark movie in some places. Mm-hmm. But, um, but like yeah. The, how it should have ended of that movie. Oh, where yeah. they're like, no, remember? 
Saturday Night Live? Yeah, that was the Saturday Night Live sketch. Well, there is a oh, okay. there is a how I should have ended for it too. But yeah, the Saturday Night Live yeah. thing where they go <laughs> after Mr. Potter. Yes, let's go get him. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> but if I can if I can say this, I just think the whole <laughs> watching that film and others is it's so idealistic. Mm. <sighs> to you know we love American films and American ideals. Because and they're so happy and cool. Well, <laughs> well, not even that, but just it, it, yeah, happy and cool and you know yeah. that's what we love in a way and I think that's what it was about. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, he was... Lister had the idea of Bedford Falls there as the ideal place. Like, he wasn't really looking at the the darker plot points of the movie or anything. Yeah. Or the, you know, but yeah, more the whole hopeful ending and whatnot, I think. But Yeah. Yeah. Well, and for Lister's life, that probably did look like an improvement over, you know, being an orphan and having no family to call his own. Yeah. Other than his grandma. Yeah. Which... It was not even his, his grandma, I mean... She was, but she wasn't. Mm-hmm. So, well, I like that. We, we we talked about before that, like what their versions of Better Than Life um, say about their psyches. It's sort of mm-hmm. like the Mira Vera said. Yeah. Lister gets plugged in and he has a perfect little family in a nice town. Mm-hmm. Whereas Rimmer has everything in the world and still is miserable because he's Rimmer. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Cat is <laughs> just the most ridiculous. Cat's awesome. Cat is the one that's truly appreciating better than life for all its yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, Cat is the one who can just truly appreciate it, but he's also the one who can recover the best. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't want a moat of milk? <laughs> Me, because I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> Not on a hot day. <laughs> Milk was a bad choice. <laughs> yeah. So, interesting things there with Rimmer getting body swapped with um, with Trixie Labouche after, well, and then out with the prisoners. Yes, while hanging out with the prisoners in Angels <laughs> with Dirty Faces or whatever it is. Um, or angels with filthy souls, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It was... Okay, I know this was supposed to be, like, Rimmer coming to a realization mm-hmm. about, you know, how he thought about women, and, you know, how he treated women his whole life. But the whole time I was thinking... I don't know. It just felt really problematic. It, me. it feels like two guys writing about feminism. Exactly. There you exactly. go. That's what a they, great what way they to put think it. they ought to be saying about feminism. Yeah. And especially when his. Every time that, you know, they abused him, then he kept saying, I'm a man, not yeah. I'm a human being. Treat me like a human being. Yeah. It's more like, oh, remember my male Rimmer's, privilege? That is, that is true to Rimmer's character, I think. It is. It is. It is. So. It just felt... I don't know. It made my skin crawl. Yeah. But, 
Yeah, I think. I guess I'll say for this, at least it seems like they were hanging a lantern on the sexism and trying to have it in there with a purpose instead of maybe unconsciously doing it as they have in some other places. Yeah. Well, and in 1990, it would have gone over a little differently than it sure. does. Now. I think so. Because I remember reading this book just three or four years after it came out. I was just out of college. And so. At that point, I mean, I remember being in the 70s and 80s as a kid and a teenager, and it's like, things we look at now as antiquated back then, it was considered progressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, at like least you see, my kid's mind. Yeah, like you see the uh, representation of lesbians in 90s movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, they thought they were being really progressive, but it was all like... Eh, bless their hearts, no. I no. know. Bless their hearts. <laughs> I lived in the South for, for a few years. For those of you who don't speak Southern, bless their hearts <laughs> is a backwards way of saying those idiots. <laughs> Pretty much. In an affectionate way. <laughs> bless their hearts. They can't help it. There you Aww. go. <laughs> hmm. Uh, but let's see. Finally, the the better than life part of the book went on a while, and like a little bit more than I wanted. Long time. Same here. I mean, I think. It, I mean, I was listening to the audiobook Literally, I crammed it in over the past few days, and it's what the audiobook is seven hours long. As I look at my phone, I wasn't really yeah. timing it, but yeah, it seems seems about right. And it must be at least two hours of the audiobook. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big chunk of it, which the whole book is called Better Than Life. Mm. But it was just sort of counting down to, okay, when are they going to get out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> we know they've got to get out sometime. When are they going to get out? Yeah. How guy, How did you guys feel about that? It, about what? Well, about them getting out. Which part? The perfect little segue part or the reality? The little segue part at first. <laughs> I was really happy about it because I thought it was, I don't know, the I first that was funny the first time I read it. It's like, oh, yay, something good has happened. And then, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, as soon as they were out and their bodies weren't like atrophied to nothing, I knew that it, they weren't yeah. out. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, I, I did enjoy the. Um, you know, there's bread in the bread box, and yeah. <laughs> the fridge is looks like a uh, magazine. I love how I test it by dropping the bre- the marmalade mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. bread. Yeah, if it turns up upside down, then eh, you know you're in trouble. I I feel like the part where I, I should have, in retrospect, caught on that it was fantasy was that the toaster wasn't talking to him. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I saw a funny internet video the other day where somebody kept he would he would put jam on his toast and then drop it and it would always fall jam down of course because that's bad luck it always happens that way and then he kept dropping a cat and the cat always landed on its feet and so he uh, t- like s- taped the toast uh, jam side up to the back of the cat or jam yeah and then like dropped it and like it just hung in midair and kept spinning and he made a perpetual motion engine out of it. <laughs> I didn't see that one or heard of it at least. <laughs> That's funny. Cute. 
But yeah, they're they're a little ideal thing, and especially when you know Crichton comes in and says, "Oh, there's three more people left alive," and he's like, and "Let me it, guess." And isn't it interesting what three people it is since it's yeah. Lister's idealized world? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. It's really strange that Rimmer's in there somehow. <laughs> Yeah. Well, but it had to well, be he, it had to be Rimmer's idealized world as well. That's true, I suppose. That's true, and you know, Blister likes to you know set things up well for his friends. Yeah, mm-hmm. he thinks of others. Oh, yeah. Then they get out of the game, and my brain went to a Matrix place. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like. That they couldn't look at each other. Yeah. Oh yeah. When the other thing that movie when he was uh, testing to see if he was in, in the game or not, that reminded me of uh, Inception. Mm-hmm. Oh, their version of Spinning Top. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, they get out, and then they have to watch the Flintstones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So they got that from the show, or put that in the show, or who knows? But either way, (laughs) either way, it was fun. Hey, copy and pasting material from yourself (laughs) is fine. Up to a point. As long as it's good stuff, that that particular bit was (laughs) the only bit of backwards, which is sane, shall I say? (laughs) Funny. No, I was going to say sane. <laughs> but, um... going to go with funny. Yeah, and then, like, when they got out, it felt like, oh, this is Red Dwarf again. Because yeah. the other right. stuff, the Better Than Life stuff, just... It was funny and interesting. It didn't feel like Red Dwarf, though. It's just not Red Dwarf, is it? It's just not Red Dwarf. <laughs> um... So yeah, they immediately find out uh, that. Oh yeah, so Holly. In amongst that, then there's the interaction yeah. with Holly and Talkie Toaster, who has a much bigger part this time. Interesting yeah. choice in the audiobook. Chris Berry definitely uh, did not go with the show version of Talkie Toaster. No. No, he sounded like Peter Falk. Yeah, he sounded like Columbo. Yeah. Oh, there is just uh, one more thing there. Do you want some toast? <laughs> He didn't. Sorry to bother (laughs) you. (laughs) He didn't, but he did a fantastic job of of what he was supposed to be doing. Yeah, in fairness, if he would have gone with the Talkie Toaster voice from the show, as much dialogue as Talkie Toaster got in this uh, book, it would have gotten a bit cloying. Yeah. Old. For the, the I, for the video game players out there, if you're familiar with uh, Borderlands and Borderlands 2, then the little robot Claptrap reminds me a lot of Talkie Toaster. <laughs> Maybe on purpose. Could be. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, when everyone was like, oh, Talkie Toaster, Talkie Toaster, I'm like, it was a one-bit <laughs> yeah. sketch. Like, why is everyone going on about Talkie Toaster? <laughs> Like, why is this the thing that survives? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Mm. But yeah, um, <clears throat> then we have uh, 
Rimmer and uh, Crichton trying to restart the engines, and Rimmer makes a mess of it. As he usually does. <laughs> Rimmer just cannot keep Scudders alive. Hmm. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not only that, he usually contributes to their demise, so... Yes. <laughs> So, I got a little bit confused around this part. Uh, the planet that was heading toward them in the first place, was that Frozen Earth? I think so. Yeah. That had been launched out of orbit by uh, methane gas storms or something? Farting itself out of the solar yes. system? I think it I was. Think so. Okay. I'm not sure now. I guess it was, if he was trying to take the Earth back. I guess it would have had to have been if a planet was flying through space, not in orbit. Yeah. <laughs> then my brain went to a space 1999 place. Hmm. But, um... Yeah, it's the... It's pretty much after that, the planet pool... thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I did enjoy Kat's reaction to, I'm going to stay on Red Dwarf. (laughs) You could do a lot in 20 minutes. A lot in 20 minutes, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Without saying the exact quote. Yeah. And then we go into Marooned. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we're not doing quotes. We really do go straight into Marooned. And um, (laughs) they leave out, like, some of the funny bits from the show, like the... The cedar chest, or, or the... No, what was it? Hang on, I remember this. Camperwood. Camperwood, okay. Yeah, the camperwood chest and Lister's guitar and all that. But they do get a lot of the... Yeah. But they get a lot of the good dialogue in, and a lot of the good jokes about authors' names sounding like food, and... But Marooned is yeah. one of my favorite episodes, period. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and it felt just like, oh, well, it just used a bit of Marooned. And then... I guess just from listening to the audiobook, the part where it gets all slow down got a little annoying. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I'm sure that it wouldn't have been as annoying reading it in word book form. Because, you know, we read faster than people can talk. Although, I did have a question there. So, later on, when they're back on Red Dwarf, and there's the time dilation effect from the black hole, Mm -hmm. then Holly's all scrambled because his circuits circuits are everywhere, and so he can't really function being in a dozen different time zones. Mm -hmm. But Rimmer, when he's on Red Dwarf, appears to function just fine wherever he is. And even though his light beam makes his projection, his internal processes are still handled through Red Dwarf. So how was he functioning with Red Dwarf shut down completely and then with Holly in a big time jumble mess? That is a conundrum. I guess because of the light bee. Again, they never can decide whether Rimmer is housed in the light bee or in Red Dwarf, where the data disks that were all important reside. Yeah. I think that's one of the larger questions of the entire 26-year series. <laughs> 26 yeah. years, and we still don't know how holograms work. But we'll figure it out someday. <laughs> My brain is hurting! 
again, especially since when he got back to Red Dwarf, then he would have had to regenerate in a new Light B. Because the old Light B would have still been on Starbug. Hmm. Because mm-hmm. energy can transfer back, but not matter. Well, I'm guessing to go off and be Ace Rumor, he probably had to have some independence to his Light B. Maybe what Legion did to it. Yeah, the hard light. And all. To be able Maybe to hold so. that information. So then, why could Red Dwarf only handle one hologram? Anyway, enough about that. Oh no. Further complication of that age old conundrum there. Uh, but yeah, they have the whole uh, stuck in a black hole problem. And I did like the nice reference back to uh, Holly's conversations with Talky Toaster and. Uh, mm-hmm. And escaping a black hole. Now, I did find it interesting. I don't think they actually um, reference back to it in this book, but I guess they might in one of the future ones. But when Holly says that Lister uh, created the universe, mm. hmm, I don't believe this novel had any resolution on that, unless I just missed it. It didn't. I no, it don't think so. Mm. No. So, like from the show, we know that Lister does the whole gives birth to himself thing. But yeah. um, there was still nothing about Lister creating the universe that I can recall from show canon or the book canon. Hmm. They may be still getting to that. And oh, can you hear me? Being very quiet. Yeah. So. Oh, can you hear me? Oh, yeah, I can now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> Have you been yeah. talking? Yeah. A bit. <laughs> oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, but it's it's been creating that, and it's. <sighs> you think that they? So you're saying that they may have laid some groundwork that's going to come to fruition later? No, I think they're very lazy, and they're not. <laughs> 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 well, that fixes it. <laughs> lazy. We can't stuff. have everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, that so, what seems, oh. so what you're trying to say, Rose, is we want our yeah. cake and eat it. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that it, it, the Doug Nola whole experience was so lazy. Mm. And <laughs> so there you go. So, um... <laughs> To, to clarify on this, uh, the next two books, yeah, um, are these the ones that they split on? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So which one wrote backwards? The the one coming up. Rob. Okay. 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 So we'll keep that in mind. Rob, and this is, and this is kind of how you know that Rob was the chief creator of Rimmer. So, in the partnership, I believe. At least that's how I always took it. Well. Cool. Yeah, we'll see when we get to it, but yeah, it's, I'll just have to keep that in mind. Because one thing I've really noticed in the prose of the book, um, they're really big on alliter- alliteration when they're giving long descriptions, and they're really good at it. Mm-hmm. But like the... It was in the show, too, the, you know, uh, um, squelching, squishy, you know, but uh, like even just in the prose when the... I can't think of an exact quote, but... You know, the ship sailed 
uh, sullenly through the, you know, just it, they throw it in just for, for random affectation, and it, it works nicely. It's fun. Nice. So I'll, I remember one. I'll, I'll be looking for that in the upcoming books and seeing if I can fig- figure out which one does that, if not both. We keep hearing allegedly we're getting more novels, but from both of them, but I, you know, I don't know. It's going to be after, after series 11. <laughs> allegedly. Which, allegedly. <laughs> I don't want it. Really? No. Wait, more novels or, or series 11 or both? Series 11. Hmm. You think it's done? I think it's done. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'd like more, but if they did know more, I think it ended a good place. Yeah. I wanted Lister to find Kachansky, dang it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he would have if Doug had gotten his funding to make the episodes, (laughs) supposedly. Yes. (laughs) That was the whole point. Like, for all its, you know, folks got aggravated with the whole Blade Runner thing, but the way Series 9 ended with him finding new purpose, and I, I liked that. I was like, yes, Lister has finally... He's going to be heading toward Kachansky's now and tearing through the universe, man on a mission. And then Series 10 was like, nope, just some more sitting around. That's awesome. <laughs> Look, there's a space hijinks. Let's laugh. Space hijinks. <laughs> Middle-aged space hijinks. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, let's see that. Okay, so we got the black hole, and, blah, 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 and they're going to do the slingshot maneuver from Star Trek Four to go back in time. Yep. Um, they get spaghettified. Yep, which is very much in keeping with uh, black hole theory. Yep, or at least at that time, I think. I think the whole black hole theory stuff might have changed in the last few years here, but yeah, now it's a gray hole. Oh, okay. <laughs> I continue to be I continue to be amazed how Rimmer could have been involved in the spaghettification when all he is is a little bitty light bee. Because his light bee was getting <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so it's not one hundred percent science, but it you know. Uh the Thomas Dolby science. Yeah. They get uh, they get spaghettified and then they go through the black hole and then they see um, a thing where there's six parallel universes all connecting at a single point, uh, which confirms uh, Abed's dice roll theory from the community. So that's good. Yes. <laughs> Every time you roll a die, an alternate universe is created. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> if you're using a d20. Oh yeah. <laughs> Very much what what meant ah, what attracted me to this when I was a little girl. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you like the alternate universes theory? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. yeah. I always I always like that when they pulled that out on Star Trek. <laughs> it works well. It's a it's a really good shortcut storytelling device. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the great sci-fi tropes. 
Um, it's the big what if. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. As in Marvel Comics, what if. Yep. What if Wolverine had gotten the alien symbiote instead of Spider-Man? <laughs> now we have a story. Um, okay, so they come out of the black hole thing, and then, uh, let's see, they go back. We have Lister with his cockroach horde, which is kind of awesome. I did like the yeah. idea of Garbage World, and, and in fact, the setup of Garbage World was possibly the most um, Hitchhiker's Guide-like yeah, yeah. Yeah. material in a, in, a series, uh, in a series of books that's very Hitchhiker's Guide in the first place, but yeah. Earth losing yeah, the... <laughs> Earth becoming garbage. Literally. Yeah. I like the descriptions of Lister's house and how all the stuff is made out of all the different things in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. And the oddly touching part with uh, them finding uh, Kachansky's little portrait inside the bigger frame. and mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I like the cockroach people. The they bu- just hang out. Very. Uh, I like. Go ahead. Go ahead. Nope, you go ahead. I like the cockroach people. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty much it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry. I was going to say, um, I'm sure that this was written long before, but yeah, uh, there's a. In Futurama, when they go to Mars, they introduce um, uh, bugalo farming. Oh, yeah, I love Which that. remind me a lot of these eight foot tall roaches. But yeah, big cow like. Um, bugs. I wonder how often Matt Greening read these books. I know. Bug- Bugalay. Oh. <laughs> there, are, there are lots of Red Dwarf references and Doctor Who references throughout Futurama. And, <laughs> yeah. But it's done in a nicely original way, so it's still entertaining. True. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, Lister is the king of the bug people. So, he gets this weird idea. He's going to tow the Earth back to where it belongs. So, I guess if the Earth was hurtling through space as a giant ball of ice in the first place, the cockroach people can survive. But towing the planet through space away from the light of any sun just seems like a really dangerous thing to do. (laughs) Yeah. The doctor got away with it. (laughs) Well, he had the protection of the TARDIS that he could fit around the planet. Red Dwarf is no TARDIS. No. No. It's big, but it's not bigger on the inside. Unless it's it's made by Nanax. Mickey Mouse (laughs) operation. They aspire to be Mickey now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm a bit worried about his theory there. And then another big difference in the show, they go ahead and make Lister aged thirty years um past where he was. So they have like old Lister running around as a yeah. character. So that was weird. Still both arms though. Still both arms, yeah. <laughs> Uh, they get um, the, they introduce the polymorph, and I did like when they gave like the history of genetically yeah. engineered life forms. That it was mainly sports to blame. Yep. 
which it was funny <laughs> because uh, one of my chapters in my dissertation is uh, talking about how uh, I'm writing about Arthur Conan Doyle and talks about like chivalry within war. And he saw war as unsustainable, so he turned to sports as a way to have manly camaraderie and <laughs> manly manliness. Manly manliness and relations between countries. So when it was like going from war to sports, I was like, yes! <laughs> I, I did enjoy that American football is the worst offender. <laughs> Which it totally pretty much any, in pretty much players. any situation, yes. <laughs> it totally <laughs> would be. Yep. They would genetically modify the heck out of those guys. And I would be teaching in my SEC uh, classroom. I would just be teaching a giant nose. <laughs> but yeah, the polymorph was fun. Yeah, like it. It ended up being a bit more visceral than they were able to communicate through the show. Like lots of mid transformations that were all extra squelchy. Mm. I mm. thought that bit was a, a bit too short, actually. I don't know. I, was... I... between um the marooned bit and then the polymorph bit here, I kind of felt like it was repeating the show too much for my taste. Yeah. I know what you mean. And again, it was, it was sort of shock tactics which I didn't like immensely. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I've never been, like... Uh, the Polymorph episode was fine. It's never been one of my favorite favorites. And then <laughs> having it here, I like the explanation behind it better, but it still just sort of felt... Partially like I was watching the episode, mm-hmm. and partially that I sort of knew what was going on they weren't really bringing much new beyond that to it. Yeah. 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 They, they, they brought loads to fans through the books, but they didn't really do much beyond that. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm online. I'm looking up episodes to see what aired before this book came out and what didn't. Mm. Okay. Concepts. When you mentioned Polymorph, it did air before the book came out, but yeah, yeah. like White Hole didn't. White Hole didn't air until ninety one. Yeah. So. See, I did not realize that actually, until Bruce said that at the beginning of the episode. Let's see. Yeah, we've got. Uh, well, uh, Better Than Life aired, of course, before this. Mm. Marooned wasn't aired before this. Polymorph. Uh, let's see what aired after this. 91 was White Hole. I was trying to think of all the things they had in there. 
seems like a lot to you go looking at the episodes. Like, well, it wasn't that many episodes. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah. Sorry. No, that's fine. throw that in there. But yeah, Whitehall aired after this, so I guess they stole from the book to make the episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because why write new things when you can just take the old things you wrote? Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> Which isn't a criticism. It's just, you know, trying to get a show out. I mean, it, we know how hard it was to try to get, like, episodes out sometimes. <laughs> Yeah. True. So, what else new happened there beyond Polymorph? Um, I mean, pretty much... Lister's death. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Lister's death, that's right, yeah. Which, at least, yeah. as I said, gives them a good impetus to go into Backwards Universe. And of course, yeah. we remember that the actual Polymorph ended with Lister possibly being the polymorph and it was a cliffhanger terror ending that didn't quite work. At least to me. I had actually forgotten that, but you're right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sort of winks at the camera there. Hmm. And talking toast to saving the day yet again. Mm. Although Crichton destroying Titan Tonky Toaster was nice. Yes, it was very emotionally fulfilling. I approve. Um, sorry, Shane. Nope. I I find that um I read all the books and they're all amazing, but this one particularly affected me so much and and so how old were you when you read it? Um, 12, 13. Hmm. Wow. That's a good age for being affected by things that pretty much become like a lifelong hobby or interest or something. I've yeah. yeah. I hope being on this podcast has been a nice thing. And Indeed. What, Indeed. What, did you like, what did you like about it so much? If I can... Uh, it was just it was just funny and you know there were so many things about it that I could take from it I don't know was it sort of just positive things the the absurdism of it or the yeah like Hitchhiker's Guide it was just a good thing to take from a book and take from a recording or anything else so I I remember reading it in my early 20s and I I liked that it was funny because it wasn't like other sci-fi novels I'd read it wasn't serious or yeah wholly focused on the hero journey or whatever it was just kind of nonsense yeah (laughs) just funny in a good yeah (laughs) yeah yeah so, do we have any more points uh, about this story beyond, you know, they get to backwards? Uh, well, backwards, I do think that they used the whole backwards scenario better. Mm. Like, I, I was cringing when they got to it, 
but <laughs> having it as an a way for a lister to grow young and actually okay what was the canister like how did they resurrect kachansky remember all those canisters that they ejected into space from the delete from uh series one the beginning or the end where they had the little funeral and they ejected the canisters that may have been the deleted scene oh yeah, yeah. It, I yeah, it took me a while to figure it out, too, when I first read it. It was like, what the heck? And then, because there were like 10,000 crew, there's like 11,000 crew members. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And the only one they cared. The, one. the only one they cared enough about to resurrect was Kachansky. <laughs> well, I think it was Holly trying to give, you know, Lister something good. Yeah. For me, me, for me this ending is very similar to the ending of the first book. Yeah. But it's not as dark, you know? No. It, it, ju- it just... Sorry. No, go, go, go ahead. Go, go, go. Uh, it, just, it just all flies together. Mm. So... Yeah. Well, the ending uh, of the first book was he was choosing to stay out of reality because he wanted this idealized version of this woman and this life he he wasn't wanting to you know try to make a good life for him in reality whereas in this one you know it was almost kind of a reward or a gift that you know just just those lines they can grow young together but mm-hmm. then you have to think about it i've, I've thought further about that and Lister is still in the forward-thinking universe. Like he, he's mm-hmm. aware that everything is going backwards, and he's not flowing with it like everybody else is. Yeah. So he's got all these years where he can grow young with her. But basically, isn't it like a countdown to the part where they they're not together anymore? Like you know what day? Like you're getting to a point where you know you're not going to see her anymore because you haven't met yet. Yeah, but they they're only leaving him in the backwards universe until he goes back to his proper age. Right. So that can so take... they can gather Kachansky too. Yeah, and then right. they'll both but, be going forward. But I'm not sure he was. Was he aware of that? I mean, he knew he was supposed to be somewhere at a certain time, but I don't know if, like, he knew he was meeting. I don't know. I'm all confused now. I think he knew he was meeting them, but what if it didn't work out? Because this is the Red Dwarf crew. It's not like everything they touch turns to gold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I was just throwing it out there as something. Yeah. But I think he's the only. I, I wonder if he's the only one on this planet who's not running backwards. I mean, I wonder if there's anyone else from other universes that have been planted in there. And well, Kachinsky would be the one who is also forward thinking. Yeah, because this yeah. is a resurrection of Kachinsky, right? Mm. However, the heck they did that. <laughs> well, they just buried her. Oh, true. But man, I would hate to give birth in that universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's actually the tricky part is because ultimately once you age down <laughs> then you get to be unborn, I suppose. <laughs> um But yeah, uh I guess we can assume though that it's it's like really really hard to jump dimensions. Uh it takes Holly's 12,000 IQ to figure out how to do it safely. 
Mm-hmm. Otherwise, everybody would just be living 30 years in the right universe, hopping 30 years into the backwards universe ad nauseum. Mm-hmm. Like in Star Trek Insurrection. <laughs> Again with the bad films. Mm. I'm not going to argue there. Insurrection was, was the weak. It's pretty bad. It's, it's weak. Oh... All right. Well, if we have covered properly, uh, let's go ahead and take a quick break. Uh, did we have any feedback? Uh, not really. Cool. <laughs> I know. I should have gotten the episode out by now. I'm sorry. It took me so long to get the first book out, y'all. It's got. There's been stuff. Things, things and stuff. Things and stuff and whatnots. Lots of TV. <laughs> okay. So, and I got a dissertation draft out, and he helped me. Yes. Yay! I was editing. And I helped. <laughs> yep. Yep. I know little enough about her subject except from helping her with her dissertation, but I do know about editing, so that I can do. All right. Well, in that case, do we even need to take a break? Well, let's take a break anyway. Mm-hmm. Because uh, <laughs> because there is something I would like to discuss after the break. Okay. So break. Break. Three, two, one, break. Hi, everyone. This is Heath from the Red Dwarf Introcast. Yeah, I know we're advertising ourselves here, but you know what? It's our podcast. We can do that. Uh, I just wanted to remind you that our website has changed. Um, I believe we talk about it on this episode. Um, but I'm recording this in the future because time travel is possible through the magic of podcasting. Um, our new website is the Red Dwarf Introcast.wordpress.com. Uh, it looks a lot like our old Podbean site, but with some cool improvements. Um, we have keyword searches, you can uh, find episodes by season. Also, there's a link to uh, archive.org where you'll find all of our past episodes. So you can find just about everything you want uh, with our podcast on uh, the Red Dwarf introcast.wordpress.com. And uh, as always, thanks for listening. Bye. And we're back. And uh, so, in lieu of uh, quotes, since, you know, it's a book, and uh, feedback and whatnot, uh, we're going to take just a minute here. Shane, why don't you take it? Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Um, I just want to say thank you to everybody who's listened, downloaded, uh, etc. sent feedback over the past two years because it, it's actually been two years since we started this fine little podcast of ours. Which is insane. It certainly is. The time goes so fast when you're having fun. <laughs> I did not realize it had been that long. Uh, I couldn't have picked two better co-hosts to do the podcast with. Aww. Aww. Oh, speaking of, I guess I need to... Um... Yeah, we need to get on shifting over episodes to the newer website, don't we? We certainly, we certainly <laughs> do. We certainly do because uh, we're recording this for people in the future. We are recording this on the 29th of uh, June, and our Podbean account goes down tomorrow. Oh, I uh-huh. didn't know that. Yes, I think it's tomorrow anyway. Wow. Okay. Okay. So yeah, we do need to get a move on for that. I didn't. I thought it was July, actually. Whoops. Okay. 
So that's it's... your project tonight, babe. <laughs> yeah, it's going to take a bit longer than that. Okay, so, yeah, we're going to shift things to our new site. We will put lots of references on Facebook and whatnot to that. Hey, Heath and Angel, I have a question. Oh, no. yes. Uh, Shane, too. Since okay. it's been two years, anyone listening to this is thinking of starting their own intro podcast for anything, I'm kind of curious. Do you have any advice for them? Especially for the newbies that would be jumping <laughs> into something sight unseen, head first. Yeah. Um, the first season, it's always usually the worst season. So as long as you can get through that, kicking and screaming, you'll be fine. That's for watching the show and for production qualities on your own <laughs> podcast. I don't know you say that, Shane, but what if somebody wants to make a Heroes intro cast? Well, oh, that's true. true. That's true. That's, that's, In that that's, case, the, that's the exception that proves the rule. The first series is the only good series, and after that, I actually stuck with it through the end, and there was some good material in season three for uh, Heroes, but yeah, it's mm. rough. Yeah, I'm just thinking, Beth the Vampire Slayer, first season, rubbish. I disagree. Yeah. No. I disagree. Absolutely amazing. The Master is an excellent villain. It's awesome. Next Gen was... Yeah, Next Gen... Uh, They had to find their feet, yeah. Okay, defend iRobot Eugene. Uh, Uh, It needs no defending. Yeah, it's a demon that gets in the internet. That's awesome. It's Moloch, Babylonian (laughs) god of fire. And it includes the line, uh, somewhere a thousand miles from here, a man is just taking out a transaction to have his own mother assassinated. Good for him. (laughs) It has Buffy going undercover with a leopard print, uh, or a cheetah print, uh, trench coat and big goofy glasses. It has a cyber, a cyber coven. Yes, a cyber coven. <laughs> it has um, a giant robot at the end, and yes. Buffy has to defeat a giant robot. It is a great show. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, back to advice. Yes, advice, right. Um, let's see. I think just know that you are getting into a fandom that you can know nothing about so be prepared to step on toes yes so for example you know you may think it weird when suddenly there's another actor doing a character with no explanation and you're like talking about how weird that is and then it turns out that you're like just mortally offending people uh, with your clever photoshopping (laughs) you know yeah and and just the fact that you know, you you can't prepare for it. So develop a thick skin and be polite to the fans and just say, hey, you know, this is... I mean, the fans are usually awesome, but sometimes when you unknowingly step on toes, then you have to remind them, I can't know these yeah, things. Yeah, <laughs> and part of the purpose of an intro cast is to get a fresh perspective from someone who is completely ignorant of the discussions yeah. that have been going on for 26 years behind your back. So, <laughs> exactly. You know, one word on that. Yes. Backwards. Yes. Yeah. No, I stand it's by bad. that. It's still terrible. No. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's still awful. Awful, um, awful, awful. 
the episode, at least as it stands alone, is is not my favorite. It was weak on plot. But again, that's, you know, it's people take different things from different shows and people look for different things. I've got a friend, dear friend, who like every time she and she's like, she knows movies. Uh, She's actually in the film business. She's uh, working on different films. But every time she gets on uh, Facebook and she'll like trash a movie and I'll be like, no, I love it for this reason. And then when she loves a movie and I'm like, really that? It's just we're looking for different things. I don't think she's wrong, necessarily. I just think that she has different expectations. And so, you know, Angela and I, we love the... We like the comedy. We actually like when it gets a bit more dramedy. Um, And we really love the character interaction and, and, you know, the development. Uh, The wacky bits and whatnot for things like Backwards. Yeah, people love those. That's not necessarily my thing. I like it when they work wacky bits in as sort of a counterpoint to a larger plot. But Red Dwarf doesn't really build a larger plot per se. Each episode could pretty much stand alone. Now, there's references backwards and forwards here and there, but it's not like... um, it's not like you know other series. We just mentioned Buffy, to where really yeah, it's these not serialized yeah, or... it's not serialized in the sense where you see these characters really making huge leaps and changes uh, over over seven years uh, or however many seasons. You know, ten seasons. Um, we were just talking about how the Big Bang Theory. We like Big Bang Theory. It's funny for a laugh, but as far as the characters growing and developing, uh, you could pretty much just cut and paste anywhere. And aside from a few people getting married here and there, and uh, no, they don't really change. It's, it's yeah, the same stock it's, characters, and they're funny, and it works. So yeah, it's the best of the syndication syndicated yeah. shows. So people have different expectations, and yeah, and those were ours. We we like when Rimmer and Lister are get all uh, deep. And and uh, get stuck in a room together and have to talk out their feelings. Yep. But yeah, just you know, when you're getting into an intro cast, just be aware that you may be stepping on toes, but don't shy away from your own opinions. Just be even able to though you them. might get. Yeah, yeah. Just even though you might, you know, get some negative feedback, then you're still going to have plenty of people who are either agreeing with you or, and not talking or just, you know, appreciate the differentness of your opinion. (laughs) Yeah. And that's my thing. (laughs) Other tips, uh, be nice to social media, um, invest in a decent microphone, Yes. Doesn't have to be a super a expensive microphone, but yeah, headsets echo. They echo a lot, even the really nice ones that we got. Um, practice <laughs> with Audacity uh, or whatever, or the software of your choice. You know, just mess around yeah. with files until you can figure out how to get a good, decent sound. Um, mono works best for podcast anyway. Don't go with stereo and double your file size for no reason. Yep. That's getting into the nitty gritty details of it, but yeah. Oh yeah, make friends like Nutty Nuches that have have been at this for Aww. years, yeah, <laughs> and and yeah. can help you figure out how to do stuff. Uh, and then also the uh, the podcast communities on Facebook as well. That you, there's always somebody willing to lend a hand to the newbies. Yeah, try and keep a decent recording schedule. Try like not beyond your means, but. Although we kept, I mean, hey, once, for years we kept a one a week schedule. Which a during the time. middle of grad school, which is kind of insane. 
I know. You guys did great. Uh, uh, I'm just bringing it back right now. Uh, Yay, aboard the night bus. Maybe. Aboard the night bus. (laughs) Yeah, but you you took a hiatus. We took hiatuses between seasons sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes you just need that time to decompress. Not hiatus hiatuses. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> well, Rosie and Shane, you guys, do you have any advice for people, oldies, shepherding movies <laughs> through these sorts of podcasts? Um, Shane, go. <laughs> um, <laughs> blame it on Shane. <laughs> Number one bit of advice. Uh, for me, for me personally, um, don't speak, um, be very, be very, very careful about what you say. Um, as in, you want to say something, and you, you sometimes almost have to stop yourself from saying it because you know it's going to spoil it. Mm. So you've got to think to yourself really hard before you actually say something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I will say you have done a really good job of of not being spoilery. Mm. Yeah, there's only yeah. one time that you spoiled, and even that. Looking back Wasn't on how really a yeah, spoiler and how mm. it was done, that's not really your fault. Mm. It's pretty entertaining. It was pretty entertaining listening to the earlier podcasts and listening to Shane and other guests. You know, know it. Keep biting their, you can like hear the vis- the audible biting of the tongue when Heath or Angela would ask something or say something. It's like, oh, in three seasons. <laughs> <laughs> My my brain actually automatically goes back to an episode in season six, and um, where we had both uh, Rosie and Ian Symes on. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and, I hate uh, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was something I can't remember exactly what was what was said, but I think it was something about they can't get rid of Rimmer; he's the best character. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was just sat there dumbfounded. Thank goodness <laughs> Rosie was there to move the conversation somewhere else. Well, you know, in fairness, uh, they they really didn't. They kept working yeah. in bits and pieces was- of him. Like, he, there were very few episodes where he did not appear in one form or another. Yeah. Maybe three episodes. Yeah. Maybe. Lots of flashbacks or the the Rimmer song. Dream sequences. Yeah, dream sequences. Very important dream sequences. Disturbing dream sequences. (laughs) So yeah, they they gave him a a break, but they didn't really get rid of the character. But yeah, that was, I remember that now. Yeah, that was fun. Um, all right. But yeah, other than that, uh, the main thing is just have fun. Um, you know, that we, I guess we were fortunate that I don't know what I would do if I started an intro cast and then turned out just to really not like the show. Yeah. Mm. That'd be a problem. Like, we had, you know, a couple of episodes here and there where I was like, eh, that wasn't so, so good. I, I could have skipped that one. But by mm-hmm. and large, there hasn't been any long stretches to where I was like, well, this just isn't worth watching anymore. Even in the the sort of roughest patches, there was always a couple of good laughs here and there, and, and it was worth seeing. 
Yeah, and it is kind of nice in this age of binge-watching TV shows, um, which there's certainly a certain value to that. It is nice to have yourself forced to pace yourself out. Yeah. Like, you can only watch one episode um, a season, and thankfully there weren't many, like, cliffhangers Mm. to this show, but it does get to the point where... You know, it helps pace out things and helps, like, keep all of the episodes very distinct in your mind. Yeah, yeah. Like, Red Dwarf, you know, it's a pretty short episodes and and short seasons, especially when you get to, you know, American standards, you're used to, like, 22, 24 episodes of 30-minute comedies. So, yeah. like, essentially, you have two and a half seasons of a comedy. Uh, we could have knocked that out in a month. Mm-hmm. Easily, yeah, and but, probably not thought of any more about it uh, since we probably wouldn't have joined. Like, I very few times joined the fandom for anything. Like we did with you know, Harry Who Potter and yeah, Harry yeah. Potter, Doctor Who. But even then, we don't like go onto forums and post things and stuff. Yeah. So we probably, being in America, we probably wouldn't have gotten to know the British fandom at all. And that would have been sad. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then you will do tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> Indeed. And, you know, we wouldn't have gotten to know, like, you get to know a whole circle of people from around the world that, you know, you become really good friends with. Yeah. <laughs> Plus... I know that this podcast... Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I know that this podcast, I, I know a lot of the Red Dwarf fans, I know it has inspired a lot of conversation among them, and you guys have pointed out some things that they didn't even think of, that they were like, oh yeah, that is kind of nifty. So, <laughs> it's done its purpose that way. Good, I'm yeah. glad to hear that. Like like yeah. the writers of the Lost Ark thing in Big Bang Theory. <laughs> um. <laughs> um. There, there was a joke with... Uh, in Big Bang Theory over Raiders of the Lost Ark that we watched recently yeah. that uh, if you think about it in Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, Indiana Jones is not necessary for the plot. Right. If he hadn't been there the Nazis still would have found the thing they still would have opened it <laughs> they still would have gotten eaten by the the box zombies. Box he served no purpose. Zombies. <laughs> box zombies. Da, 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 da. So, so in that sense, you're more important than Indiana Jones, though. Yay! Definitely. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, meeting people, it, that's, that's been a hoot. <laughs> Plus, you know, especially for us being here in the American South, uh, you know, but now whenever we meet British people doing a Red Dwarf podcast, we totally have an end for conversation because everybody over yep. there has seen Red Dwarf. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, as, as I said before, so again, you know, I couldn't have picked two better co-hosts to uh, have this on this journey, and we're not over yet. It's not still got a few more books to go, and these books we actually have to read apparently because we have um, abridged audio, but not full, right? Yeah. So yes, um, Shane, for old times' sake, what are we reading, uh, reviewing next time? As if we haven't already said it. Backward. No. Oh, sorry. Reflex. No. Okay, Reflex. Now say backward. Backward. <laughs> Do it. Say backwards. Backwards. Backward. Backwards. Ba- 
backwards. Sudrakab. Backwards. Sudrakab. And now we're on Glorcab. Strawcab. Strawcab. That's it. Okay. Carry on. Sounds like we're speaking Dothraki now. Strawcab. Okay, so we are going to read this thing, and we're going to hope that it doesn't stay in the Backwards World too terribly long. Uh, we'll probably try and do our rewatch of Backwards soon, just to refresh our memories that we've tried very hard to purge over the last few years. Um, get that I'm going to warn you with the, with the audio on the last two books, if you if you get your hands on them somehow. Mm-hmm. I will warn you, Chris Berry does not read either one of them. Yeah, we, yeah, we were told that. Yeah. So... Adjust accordingly. Yes. Yeah, I guess, you know, that's something we didn't really say, but yeah, Chris Berry, wonderful job again with the second book reading. Um, I think his, yeah. his impressions of the other cast members, if anything, were better this time around. Um, but before we go, let's quickly go around the room and uh, let's find out where else people can hear everybody. So, Rosie, where else we can, can we hear you on the internet? Aboard the night bus. Yep. Um, Nervous. And that's it. Cool. For now. So. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Angela, do you want to tell us about the um, Sherlock Holmes podcast that you're on? Yes, we just had an episode put out, actually. Cool. Um, uh, I am hosting Through the Pages of Sherlock Holmes, where we go through... Uh, each Sherlock Holmes story with uh, three old bees and one newbie. Cool. And it's good time. Sometimes we talk about adaptations, too. Cool. Anybody else got a podcast? <laughs> you do. You do. I do. I certainly do. I certainly yes. do. I certainly do. I certainly do. Um, well, I've got a, new, a brand new podcast called uh, Oh No You Didn't. We released our first episode last Sunday, well, a couple of weeks ago, and it's going to be—it's a fortnightly review of the worst in television and sci-fi. It ranges from the entire gamut of a, a bad sci-fi series overall to a bad film to just a really bad episode of a great uh, sci-fi series. Um, I'm also a regular co-host. Uh, on the Down Below podcast. I'm actually going to be recording an episode of that in just over an hour. Um, and that's the Babylon 5 intro cast. So I'm all over the internet. And for those of I'm you taking who... taking over the internet. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who are in the States or uh, were born uh, past the 18th century, a fortnight is every two weeks. <laughs> About how often I check my Twitter account, yes. I like the word Fortnite. It's funny. Oh, why? It's quaint. quaint. (laughs) That's Uh. about how often um, no uh, vicar, I will not be going to Tottenham today. (laughs) That's about the past. (laughs) Yeah, we got to get an intro cast up for that. Yeah. <laughs> we should. Or Fine. what was Paul's uh, Oi, copper, you sat on my barm? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely get him involved. 
<laughs> All <laughs> right. Well, I think we have exhausted uh, ourselves this time. So uh, we will see you next time after we read uh, backwards. And we might even read it frontwards. Who knows? Um, until then. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.